0: Is simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives.
1: There was a, there was a yeah. speech Nancy Pelosi gave recently where she said something like, like we've got to fight against all these things, and included in the list was the pregnancy help centers. Um, it, it's mind blowing to that are,
2: me that are helping women who want help.
1: Yeah, how weird!
0: Like this, you're actively anti-women because you're seen, helping women.
1: And I sent you all that video, right, of Stacey Abrams. I don't know. Oh she's yeah, the, yeah, she's the the lady Jolly. running in Georgia for governor. who's going to lose again, but she was on the stage at like I'm assuming either like a debate or town hall conversation or something and she said that uh the heartbeat the sonogram show oh, yeah. six weeks is a fabrication set yeah. up by men to uh control rob women it, yeah. yeah or control women mm-hmm. and then did you hear how the media tried to back her up uh-uh. they said well actually she's right because the valves on on hearts don't actually open and close until like 14 weeks and so it's not actually a heartbeat the sound the sound you're hearing is not actually a heartbeat and then there was some other dude forget who it is who said yeah it's actually just it's just responding to the electrical pulses and you're like wait a minute it's a sonogram <laughs> it's sound you sound freaking waves. idiot yeah, yeah. Like, what you were hearing is the sound not the electrical like it's okay sure it's like producing electricity but like it's it's a you're hearing a yeah, a, yeah. whatever you want to call call it it's you're hearing it. You're hearing it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a heartbeat. Well, what's funny
2: is I saw a clip where two people were arguing, and one was saying that, you know, the scientific community uh, has never said that life begins at conception. And the other person said, well, actually, that's not true. The scientific community universally believes that heartbeat begins at conception. That's just not what the people in the public eye are saying. And mm-hmm. the guy was going, no, no one believes that. And the other person said, go look at any medical textbook. Pick any medical textbook and read it. And it will say that the process of a human life begins when the sperm hits the egg. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll say that. That's what the medical textbooks still say. So like, you know, like just because people are getting on stages now going, well, we don't agree with that. Like, that's not what you're taught in school. It's not been the Mm -hmm. consensus at least for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's funny to me that you can say that's not a heartbeat um, when like the word is a heartbeat. It is the organ that is beating, and you're saying that's not a (laughs) heartbeat. It's it's not the heartbeat. It's just the
0: heart fluctuating. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, just the heart moving. Oh, you mean it's making a beat?
2: (laughs) It's it's a heart percussion. (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that one was a stretch. Like I I can imagine there were some like conference rooms set up after Stacey Abrams said that, where the the left media, the woke media, is like, "Oh crap! How are we gonna how are we gonna figure this one
0: out? (laughs) She just made a fool of all of us." Yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's I we talked about this. It makes day, me so guy. happy
1: that she says it though. Because it yeah. shows the ludicracy of how, how that thought yeah. plays out. Yeah. Yep. Ludicracy.
0: Let's no go on word. over there.
1: Let's go on over to the, to
0: the, to the culture corner. Let's go to the PCC. <laughs> oh, what's up, everybody? Get down. Get down. Get, Get comfortable. That's it. She's a good rapper. this might <laughs> <laughs> be like the most dad thing you've said. Ludicracy. <laughs> ludicracy. Uh, um we, that should be your rap name Ludicrousy. the i don't know if you guys have have seen have seen um, have seen what i'm about to talk about but uh there's these augmented reality um camera type glasses that facebook's been working on for quite a while now that they did like a they did one of their keynote things i think back in april um and i just recently listened to his joe rogan podcast where he begins to talk about how these these camera ar glasses work and one of the big things that i really enjoyed by this i don't know I, well, I do think this is going to be a the plunge into what culture has been trying to do for a while with glasses and augmented reality we think back to like google glass mm-hmm. and being able to just have something on your face that way you're more present in the moment but you can also still engage in social media engage in recording things engage in stuff without having a screen in front of you and i think this is the next progression because and also we as a culture like technologically have wanted things like holograms, things like you think about, like I think about when I was a kid seeing um, Iron Man and seeing him like go to his workshop and like pull up a hologram and like pull different pieces apart and do different things. And I remember thinking that's so cool. And then as I grew up a little bit and just begin to know technology, I was like, well, you would have to have projectors all over the room. And if that's something we want integrated in society, we're going to have to have projections, projectors everywhere that are constantly projecting these things. And we have to make sure that everybody's, um computer or wavelength or whatever it's all interconnected and so i was like well how would that work if we eventually get to that way and i think that this is the beginning point yeah, yeah. of that
1: and so because you don't need projectors you, you don't glasses. need projectors
0: all if so if all of us were around the table wearing the glasses right now we could in essence the, w- then one of the examples he uses on the podcast is poker nights and he was like so say so say me and you want to play poker with somebody who are across the nation um, we toss on our glasses. We start a poker game, and there's
1: hologram cards, yeah. but all of us see the and same this is, thing. This is gonna gonna be the integration of the metaverse. Yeah. So like, yeah. And, and to be honest, like I think people freak out over that. Is is it is it much different in concept than us all looking at the same computer screen over Zoom? No, exactly. It's, it's just the the atmosphere or venue, if you will, is mm-hmm. different. Now I do think there's some differences in in like actuality because you're not actually looking at reality and so there could be some cultural confusion i think that Mm -hmm. happens over that but as far as like the technology it's just like a more dope way of looking at the same
0: 100 percent. yeah and so i think i think it makes sense as the natural progression because i feel like there's so many things on the technological spectrum that are just um not just brought about to push the brown to push the boundaries but i think they are brought about to the standpoint of like why have we allowed this to be our limits for so long whatever yeah. this may be why have we allowed screens to be our limits right. why have we allowed right. um computational power to be our limits like why can't we push the limits and one of the things he talked about which i loved was he said he said imagine tvs like tvs are restricted to within their screens restricted within the the uh, being a rectangular shape he said, but if I'm watching a show or, or engaging in some sort of media or content with my glasses on, it can basically map out the entire the entire surrounding. You can have different things coming in from different standpoints. So it doesn't have to be just a 60-inch rectangle on your wall, but rather if you all have the same glasses on, you can engage in the same media and content without a screen. You may be looking the same direction, but essentially like it's utilizing your entire surroundings to bring about this type of content and to yeah. bring about this type of thing. I didn't, so, I didn't
1: listen to that one. Is that like, is that, was, were there VR headsets like the beginning of this technology? Is that kind of the idea? I
0: think so, yeah. So he talked a lot about the Quest and a lot about their their things with VR. And he talked about the stark differences between VR and AR and their place. But I do think that they're their, uh, it's the Oculus, the Oculus mm-hmm. headsets, right? So, which are um, actually kind
1: of cool. They're, they're freaking very cool. cool. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, he talked about the different the different aspects of the metaverse in regards to AR versus VR. But then how like you would you'd get the feeling that utilizing the VR headsets would then play into this type of technology. How does that it makes work? sense?
1: Because one of the one of the things people had said, I'd heard people last year talking about the metaverse, and they're like, I don't I don't want to wear a super heavy headset all at a meeting but like if it was a pair of glasses you could do that
0: absolutely and one of the things that i think i think is great and this is one of the few like promotional trailers they have is that facebook has teamed up with the company and i forget the company's name but it's the company that makes and designs ray-bans that makes and designs oakley's that makes and designs Mm -hmm. uh certain things for gucci and um and dulce gabbana and things like that so like um i think that they started from a standpoint of like where is culture already with glasses where is culture already with like it's normal to wear certain things it's not normal to wear a big headset it's not normal to wear these big bulky things but what is normal is a pair of ray-ban sun what is normal is just a pair of normal glasses and so oh yeah <laughs> and so starting at a place of the the integration should be something that makes sense to us culturally while the technology is still so intense and such a new thing we can ease it into society without feeling weird about Mm. it yeah yeah which same thing when you think back to like steve jobs in 2007 busting out a rectangular iphone when like the world knew nothing of like all of that power one device but it made sense because we've already all had cell phones in our pockets so i love it i love it um what we're talking
2: about today is I don't love, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what are, what are we talking about today, man? Today we are talking about hell. What? Pierce. Yes. What is it? Uh, Mike is going to give us its location. Uh, <laughs> Pierce, you're going to draw some pictures to put on our, on our feed so that people can look at the That's pictures right. of yeah, it. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Ryan,
0: <laughs> I can't believe you said it, man. Isn't? Isn't HD Hubble double hockey Sticks? <laughs> HD? HD, 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 HD HD Hubble hockey Sticks? <laughs> H-E? I can't even say, I can't even spell it. It's so spooky. I uh, know. HD double hockey sticks. Isn't <laughs> it
2: just a cuss word? Y- you're so bad. Yeah, you're yeah. like <laughs>
0: <laughs> right <laughs> you now I have to slap a big fat explicit on this episode because you're there saying H-D. hell the whole time.
2: <laughs> HD <laughs> HD
1: Hubble hockey
0: Hicks? <laughs> it's HD the,
1: It's the the AR version of hell. Is not <laughs> HD? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to get. At. I was connecting the connecting two, bridging the gap yeah <laughs> uh
2: you know like that i think that this is a, a very we're probably late to this conversation honestly i mean we've been doing podcasts now for a little over two years t- almost two and a half and we're late to this conversation because for the last decade or so there's been a lot of people saying hell doesn't exist it's mm, just you know yeah, and yeah. so that uh annihilation has become a very popular kind of position so if you don't know Um, there are a couple, I would just give you three right now. There are a few different kinds of views that professing Christians tend to have. One is that there is a real heaven and a real hell. Mm -hmm. And those who have put faith in Christ will be in the real heaven. And those who have not put faith in Christ will be in a real existing hell for eternity. Both of those places. There are people who believe in annihilation and they believe that the righteous, the believers will live forever with God in heaven and that those who do deny Christ uh, will be annihilated that they will not exist eternally but they will cease to exist forever mm-hmm. right and then there is a view that's really universalism it's just wrapped in different packaging now and that's that that everybody ends up in heaven even if for a little while you're in a place that's hell like right. until you've paid enough of a price which honestly is just stupid Uh, because it denies the deity of Christ or a straight universalist would say everybody gets saved, uh, which is also stupid for a lot of reasons. But uh, we're not talking about universalism and what's wrong with it today. We're talking about hell. Uh, H-E-double hockey sticks. (laughs) H-double, whatever you said. hd double sticks. Uh, So the thing thing that we talked about briefly last time uh, is hell is not the devil's home. All right, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important. We talked about this when we did our Heaven podcast, whenever that was, some months back. Uh, I think it's really important when we're having this conversation that we ask the person we're having this conversation with, like what they what they think hell means. Mm. Most people think fire and brimstone, lake of fire. Okay, and for our intent and purposes today, that's really what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And and so, uh, fiery lake, lake of fire, fire and brimstone mentioned in Revelation. No one is in that place until Revelation 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is when the the definite article, Antichrist, the abomination of desolation and his false prophet, these two people are thrown into the lake of fire. They will be the first ones there. They actually beat the devil there by about a thousand years. Mm. Um, and uh, we also see this paralleled, by the way, in Daniel 7, talking about when Christ comes and stands before the father and receives a kingdom for himself and he casts the two kings into the fire and the other kings are stripped of their authority for a time. So it's even referenced in Daniel 7. Uh, and and we see in Revelation 19, these two people are cast into the lake of fire. And then Satan's bound for a thousand years at the end of a thousand years. Satan is then cast into the lake of fire. That's Revelation 20 verse 10. And then after that comes the great white throne judgment and death and Hades are mentioned by name as places where people who had denied God are, are being held or whatever you want to call it. We can talk about that some more in a second. And then they are raised and having denied Christ, they are then cast into the lake of fire. And so hell is, um, it's real. Uh, I I once heard somebody say, I don't even want to get into that. Never mind. That'd be too stupid, too muddy. Uh, but it's this, we have this idea that people are in hell now. Um, I don't think that they are in hell now. I definitely think that they are separated from God now. Um I I think I I, I, I might wow, that was a lot of I I I's. <laughs> we definitely I, know I, it's I, you. <laughs> I, I believe I, know, I, I I used to stutter as a kid, it's coming back. I believe. Luke 16, the parable or the story of the rich man and Lazarus, I believe is a parable. Some people think it's a literal story. Mm -hmm. Um, I land on parable. I still think that there are valuable things to glean from it. I don't think that just because it's a parable Mm -hmm. that it diminishes the weight of it. But the parable of rich man and Lazarus, the rich man who was not kind and gracious and generous to people. Part of the reason I think it's a parable is because it's all based off of their works rather than what they believe about Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I ask you a quick question about that? Yeah. If the parables were meant to be confusing,
1: what was that be- meant to be in terms of confusion? What do you mean? Jesus said, I tell you these parables so that, pe- that the people won't understand.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And so later he would describe them to his, his mm-hmm. uh, apostles, right? And so um, the, I think the point of that parable is the fact that Jesus is about to be crucified. It's the very end of his life. And he's about to be raised from the dead and mm-hmm. they won't believe him because that's how he kind of concludes that because the, the parable, the rich man says, can I go back and warn my brothers? Right, right. And uh, Abraham says, they have Moses, they have the prophets. And he goes, no, no, no. They They need somebody to rise from the dead to proclaim it. Mm-hmm. And Abraham says, even if someone were to rise from the dead, they won't believe. So I think it's more. It just about seems that. pretty straightforward compared in terms of what it's saying. than the other one. So I actually don't yeah. agree with you on that basis. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree that it sounds different. So you would say that it's a real story. I
1: don't know, but I I'm uncomfortable calling it a parable because it seems so different yeah. than the like the par- other parables seem to be very pointed at causing confusion with the Israelites about
2: right. the about, meaning and the interpretation. Yes, and this yeah. one
1: seems a little more straightforward.
2: It does seem more straightforward. And one of the big kickbacks against my view is the. The use of an actual person's name, Lazarus. Hmm. That one so, seems a little more watery to me in terms of like Yeah, the, but it's but it still has weight. Uh, I think we would both agree that there
1: is um something interesting in the story. We'll just call it a story for now. That yeah. I think has to it's it's really the only place that mentions something like this. Yeah, hundred percent. By direct yeah. connotation. And I'll let you roll with that and then I can comment on it later. Yeah,
2: and so it's it is an interesting story. I I would not uh I would not be resistant to somebody saying it's a true story. Mm -hmm. I I just, I'm just not there right now. I I still don't think that that diminishes. I think all I'm
1: saying, I'm not, my disagreement with you is not on the fact that it's a story. It's, I think it's more so like I'm uncomfortable calling it a parable because it seems to be, different. Yeah. And I think you're actually saying the reason you think it's a parable is because you're not sure it's a literal story. And I, 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 I think I'm, I'm uncomfortable yeah. being in that position. As So saying.
2: yeah. So maybe the better thing is just to call it a story. <laughs> I'm yeah. totally okay yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah.
1: I think it's actually what you're saying. You yeah. just said yeah. it in a different way. Yeah.
2: yeah so yeah. whether it, whether that story falls to one side as a parable or one side to a true historical account yeah, yeah. is, is maybe not as relevant to the Correct. text. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, 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 I, I'm with you there. I could get behind that for sure. So the the rich man is wicked, does all sorts of wickedness in his life. He is dragged away to a place of torment. Uh, Lazarus, who received nothing in this life, but then receives, he is carried into Abraham's bosom. That is one of the problems that I have with it. But anyway, uh, and and so the rich man says, as I've already said a moment ago, he said, "Let someone go back and speak to my brothers. Let me go back." And uh, there's this. There's this clear, there's this clear gap between the two, such that one cannot come over to the other, Mm -hmm. right? So, so he says, he even says, let Lazarus come and dip his water, finger in some water and put it on my tongue. And like, there's a gap fixed between them so that one cannot go over to the other. And it's really interesting because there is, they just had super soakers back then, (laughs) right? (laughs) Well, but it depends how hot the place of torment oh, is. Oh, could yeah. have gotten in a mist because it could have something. evaporated by yeah. the time I got there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that would be even worse. If you're like, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so, the end of Isaiah 66, I think, actually speaks a, gives us a little insight into Luke 16. And it says this for, as the new heavens and the new earth that I make will remain before me, says the Lord. And so shall your offspring and your name remain from new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh will come and worship before me, declares the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who rebelled against me for the worm does not die and their uh, fire shall not be quenched and they shall be in abhorrence to all flesh. Mm -hmm. So there is a... Now, some people will say this is Gehenna. This is the trash heap outside of Jerusalem that was constantly on fire. I think that there are probably all pictures of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there seems to be, at least in Isaiah 66, and I don't understand all of it, but there seems to be the, the righteous in the new heavens and the new earth and the wicked. And there seems to be an awareness of the other uh, that we see in Luke 16. Wait, wait, sorry. Are you saying
1: Isaiah 66 is new heavens and new earth?
2: Yes. So That's what I he missed, just said. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. And and so as the new heavens and the new earth that I make will remain before me Where is so it? What verse last three verses of Isaiah 66 And then they will go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who rebelled against me for the worm shall not die same language the fire shall not be quenched same language that is used in uh in Matthew um or in any of the gospels about those who would be cast into the lake of fire so cast I'm, into outer darkness i missed it
1: just for clarification Where's the correlation to they can s- like there there's they can see each other from Isaiah 66. Let me get back there.
2: So, they will go out and look on the dead bodies. Yeah, it's just it's an interesting. So it looks thing. like okay,
1: it looks to me like cursory glance. I, yeah, yeah. It looks to me like those could be two completely separate things. So there's the Luke body 16 in here. No, no, no. These two statements in verse 24 of Isaiah 66. So there's there's the. There's the uh, place. Where is it? Revelation 19, where the the birds come and feast on the. Is it 19? They feast. Or is it? Uh, that? They feast on it, the bodies of all these people who have gathered to fight against. Yeah, Jesus it might, it when might be 20. Ladles. Okay, so um, I don't feel like necessarily those two statements at the end of verse 24 of Isaiah 66 have to be the same thing.
2: Same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could
1: be like they go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who rebelled against me. We know that seems like when yeah when they come against Jesus in Revelation. Is it 20?
2: Yeah, it's, nineteen or twenty. Yeah, it's well. There's some in eighteen, and then some
1: in 20. for the the worm shall not die, their fowl shall not be quenched, and they should be a horns to all flesh. Like that, I'm. It could be the same, and I'm just saying. Like I, I don't know if those are the same statement. Like it could yeah. be a, an explanation of what happens in the lake of fire. It seems weird that that, um, well, it's a possibility that the looking on the dead bodies is what's described when the birds are eating the bodies, and then the place where they the worm shall not die and the fire shall not be quenched could be the lake of fire. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Two separate things.
2: Maybe though. Because Because the only
1: other reference, my point is the only other reference would be from the the story in Luke. And there seems to be more evidence of it in Revelation is what I'm saying. Like there's more of a story in Revelation than a story, potential parable, potential real story from Luke 16.
2: Well, I just think that they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. So like, if if you're going to say the first part of chapter verse 24 and then the second part of verse 24 two different times, the way that verse oh, 24 ends is problematic for me because it's tied to they see these people and this is an abhorrence to all flesh. Either way, I don't know how this lands with everything. No, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, it, it, in 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 Isaiah 66. So forget Luke 16 for a moment. There seems to be an awareness. Of, and, and what you're talking about, the birds coming down and devouring all the flesh at Armageddon, that God mm-hmm. has made a feast for all the animals, 100%, 100% believe that that will be something that the righteous will. I mean, we're still around, like right? there's something that's visible there, but the language here seems very similar to a lot of the parables that Jesus uses in the gospels, yeah. talking about being I cast I think we into should circle darkness.
1: back because I'm looking at this now and it says for as the new heavens and the new earth that I make, it, not saying necessarily that this is the new heavens because problematic in the statement you just made would be that this happens after the new heavens and the new earth, right. which isn't the case in Revelation.
2: True, because they're already cast into the way yeah. of fire. So
1: yeah. I think we should circle back because I All don't, right. point being, I don't think... We could make right now definitive statements from Isaiah 66 about How where, where you're in. about to go. Yeah, that's fine. So, sorry, throw you off off the rails
2: on that a little bit. No, 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 not a problem. <laughs> I, I do think it's an interesting text. It's a great conversation. Uh, so, what we know what we know about hell, i.e., the lake of fire. Um, Jesus talks about it a lot in in the parables. So, moving away from Luke 16 um that they'll be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth similar language that we see in revelation in revelation 20 and revelation 21 it's described as a lake of fire that burns with sulfur forever mm-hmm. um and and so one of the things that i find really interesting is and we talked about this on our heaven podcast that you know, like maybe, maybe the believers, they go into the presence of God, um, or they're in Abraham's bosom or whatever. Like, we don't know exactly what that looks like, but the final new heavens, new earth that hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. in the same way. Um, there's this text that I find particularly interesting in Ezekiel 32, and it's talking about Egypt and how Egypt has, has fought against the people of God and God is going to bring judgment on Egypt. Um, and he's talking about Um, to the world below. And so it says, this is Ezekiel 32. I'm going to begin in verse 17. I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'll just read little pieces of it, but Ezekiel 32, 17 says in the 12th year, in the 12th month, on the 15th day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, well over the multitudes of Egypt, send them down her and her daughters of majestic nations to the world below. And all those who have gone down to the pit, whom do you surpass in beauty, go down and be laid to rest with the rest of the uncircumcised, uh, and he says, they shall fall and those who are slain by the sword. Egypt is delivered by the sword. Drag her away, all her multitudes. And then verse 22 says, Assyria is there. So he's talking about in the pit. Verse 24, Elam is there in the pit. And then he says, verse 28, Meshach Tubal is there in the pit. 29, Edom is there in the pit. 30, the princes of the north are there, all of them in the pit. And then verse 31 is super interesting to me. When Pharaoh sees them all, he will be comforted for all of his multitudes, mm-hmm. Pharaoh and his army slain by the sword, uh, declares the Lord God. For I spread terror in the land of the living, and he will be laid to rest among the uncircumcised with those who are slain by the sword, Pharaoh and all of his multitudes. So there, this is judgment, mm-hmm. and God is pouring out judgment on Egypt, like he's poured out judgment already on Assyria, on Elam, on Meshech, tubal on Edom, um, and all the princes of the north. And there's something... Uh, I think the question that we've asked before is like: Are people aware? And it seems to be that they are. They're very aware. And Mm -hmm. there is, and this is weird to me because these are people that God has poured out judgment on that are separated from Him, not in the lake of fire yet, Mm -hmm. because death in Hades hasn't given up its dead yet, Revelation twenty. But there is something comforting to the King of Egypt that he is not alone in this, Mm -hmm. and that I find that so peculiar. Strange. But but I also wouldn't say that this is hell. Right. I would say this is separated from God. This is probably part of death and Hades that right. Revelation refers to. That those who are raised out Wherever of death and are. Hades, right? Whatever that is, that, but it's but it's a place. Yeah, it's for real.
1: Which is what you were saying earlier is, regardless of what it is in Luke story, right. whatever, that it is the one glimpse we have into potentially what this could be, and I'm saying right. that very carefully. Like it makes. In my mind, it makes most sense to say that because it's the biggest clue, but we yeah. don't know. We don't know. We don't, what we do know is that they're somewhere and they will be let go or given yeah. up at some point so that they can be judged at the end and sent into the lake of fire that this is some other place is right. what, what you're saying.
2: What hmm. what we're sure of about hell, the lake of fire, what we're sure of is Matthew 25 um, separates the sheep and the goats and to the goats he says depart from me you didn't do all these things right and he says depart from me into the lake of fire prepared for satan and his angels mm-hmm. and so we talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about the devil that those who deny christ receive the same judgment that the devil received and and that hasn't happened yet right. uh the order of things i think i said this at the very yeah i said it at the beginning of this podcast the order of things is the antichrist and his false prophet about a thousand years later the devil Uh, I say about a thousand years because he's locked up for a thousand years and then released for a period of time to deceive the nations. But then he's cast into the lake of fire after Armageddon. Um, And then the great white throne judgment where death and Hades give up the dead in them. And then all those who came from death and Hades are now cast into the lake of fire. Um, And so it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because they're, they're separated. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're done from God, but they're not in hell. And uh, and so when we think about hell, I think we have to think. Here's the other thing. And listen, I know that people people who vie for annihilation argue against this. But I'm just let me read this to you from Second uh, Thessalonians. Uh, Second Thessalonians, beginning in in chapter one. I'm going to read about six verses here. It says, Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in all the churches of God for your steadfast faith, in all your persecutions, and in all the afflictions that you're enduring. So the afflictions of the church. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you would be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering, since indeed God considers it just to to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well to us when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might." So this is is the promise of judgment Mm -hmm. for, and so some people go see it says eternal destruction. Annihilation is not eternal destruction. Yeah. Annihilation is destruction.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not continuing destruction. Yeah, I, I have a hard time, like it's destruction once and then people are like, yeah, but they're eternally destroyed. No, they're not. They were destroyed once. You're not continually destroyed. Uh, one of the things that's super interesting is in John 5, it says that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the wicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the just to everlasting, well, let me just read it. The just to everlasting life and the the wicked to everlasting judgment. And so, like, I have a hard time. I, I'll just say it this way: based on on what I've read of the scripture, I can't be an annihilist. There is a, there is
1: another term. Like, some people are going to get onto you because there's another term that's not annihilationism that is a similar. All right, it's a similar. I don't know what it is, I, or I can't remember what it is because someone told me one time at a small group. Um, but I don't know what it is. But point <laughs> so <that's> being,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a long time ago, and. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But it was it was another term. Like this person was okay. saying like there's a similar belief but it is not necessarily annihilationism. Point being like people can tell you like I don't believe in annihilationism but they can still believe that people just cease to be.
2: Yeah. Uh, sorry. I misquoted this from John 5 but it says do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. And And so it would be difficult for me to say that, that the resurrection of life is eternal and the resurrection of judgment isn't in this I'm with context. You. Mm-hmm. I'm with you.
1: Like, and there's it, a whole lot of other things. I know that's not what we're talking about, but like the concept of like, for lack of a better term, what we call the soul. Yeah. Um, that we are given glorified bodies as believers that, that even though these bodies go away, we don't cease to be. Right. That there's something in us that seems different than these bodies. And that scene, you know what I mean? Like
2: I, I theorize though, that everybody gets a glorified body.
1: Th- that's my yeah, well, yeah. Oh, different, different, another body, maybe not a glorified body. Uh,
2: yeah. Different glory, like eternal body.
1: Yes. But not a glorified body. I would say that that's probably used specifically, specifically in the con- for believers. Of, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean is
2: like, there's, yeah. there is there's, a resurrected body.
1: There's something in us that lasts beyond these bodies contextually in a lot of places, yeah. I think you could make that case. So it would be hard to say that that just goes away.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are eternal beings yeah. uh, in the sense that not that we've always existed, but that we were created to continue. I don't, yeah.
1: I don't think contextually you can make a case that God created people to die. In, in the beginning yeah. of creation. And mm-hmm. that's a separate conversation. It's I an know, interesting
2: but. conversation that we've, the three, been having. You started it a year or so ago that I actually want to talk more about. I've been thinking about, but that's not for our podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so I
1: think the what you're saying, tying back to the the Luke stuff, is we know, what we know is that there's going to be a judgment where people, including the Antichrist and the false prophet and the devil and death and Hades and all that they're holding will be thrown into the lake of fire. Right. And that doesn't happen till later. And so we don't know where people are now that, but, but we do know that there seems to be a place that is holding them. Yeah. Unless you believe all of that's an allegory. And I feel like that is contextually sketchy water.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's tough. I mean, I just, I got a lot of questions. Tons. I got a lot of questions for you. Well, and, and, For those of you who maybe are new to our podcast, uh, we talked about heaven uh, before, but most Christians, when they think about heaven, aren't thinking about just being in the presence of God. Most Mm -hmm. Christians, when they talk about heaven, are talking about the new Jerusalem, when the heavens and earth are made new. And that hasn't happened yet. That happens in Revelation 21. And so we would argue and did argue, I believe, that we don't fully understand it, but we we have an argument for the believers are in Abraham's bosom or in the presence of God, or uh, there is, there is a place that the believers are too, uh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. that they will be raised to reign with Christ forever yeah. in the new Jerusalem. Yeah. So I, I think opinion that, that
1: I, I don't have, I'll say it this way. I don't have a problem holding to the story in Luke, um, being a description of what actually is yeah I don't have a problem with that I also don't have my opinion is that the allusions to the place outside of Jerusalem where where the fire never goes away it's just this burning heap of trash is this like visual um, representation of what
2: What it will be what
1: or what even just like for lack of a better term Gehenna or whatever the other words are calling it where the rich man was Mm -hmm. i I don't have a problem with that like like visually like that understanding that culture and how they did things like that makes a lot of sense that jesus would speak of it in that way sure um and so while i don't while we don't actually know i'm saying like there's at least if you're going to make me lean one direction there is at least biblical evidence or biblical things that make me lean the direction of saying like that's probably a place where people, even though they're not in the lake of fire yet, are probably in torment. In torment mm-hmm. in a similar way. Yeah. I, I just I I don't I don't know. I don't see any other evidence for like this concept that you just like cease to be, or even where um people land where you're just like asleep. Right. Yeah. Well the Is it actually asleep? Because you're not actually asleep, like
2: Right. So uh soul sleep is an idea that the Jehovah's Witnesses have a lot. Um one of the things that I would argue about that, and that gets more to our heaven conversation, but I think it fits within the scope mm-hmm. of this, is in the last three and a half years prior to Christ's return, we see that there are a lot of people who are martyred for the cause of Christ, and the Bible introduces us to them in a couple of places in Revelation, and they it says that, they're, they're, that their souls are under the altar and they're crying out to God day and night for like basically justice. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he gives them white robes and says, just a little bit longer until the full number has been brought in. And this point, it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about more martyrs uh, before Christ returns. And, and so we, there are two resurrections mentioned in Revelation. These people are the first resurrection, and then all the rest of the believers will be raised too. But it would be hard for us to argue uh, from a couple of glimpses. Ezekiel 32, those who didn't know God are in a place where they seem to have an awareness, uh, in Revelation, the martyrs have an awareness; they're communing with God. Abraham, uh, sorry, Lazarus in Luke sixteen story, whatever, where, wherever we land on it, it's still wherever indicating, was, yeah, it's still indicating that people. he is uh, comprehending where he is yeah. and what's going on. And and so, like, it would be hard for us to say that that's not the case. That there is not a place where where the righteous are. It is not purgatory. So, if you're listening to this, going, "Oh, it's purgatory," it is not purgatory the idea of purgatory is that you're in a, a bad place until you've paid enough for your sins to get out or of it or someone else like, does or someone else does and and none of that is biblical this is not purgatory this is uh you, you know what this is correct me if I'm wrong cuz this is just coming off the tip of my tongue so the church right now is the the collective group of believers around the world is a model of the bride of christ what god has done but is not yet clothed in white if you will like Mm. we're not we're not yet what we will be right
1: yeah because we get we get to have the wedding feast of the lamb right and ephesians 2 says that we're given these four gifted groups of people four yeah ephesians 4 to sorry ephesians 4 given the apostles prophets evangelists pastors, teachers to equip the saints to the work of the ministry and that says until we reach full maturity right Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so so we, in our fleshly bodies, we don't get to inherit the kingdom of, of heaven. Like we get new bodies. And so it, it wouldn't be difficult for me to, to say that there is, there, there is a version, if you will, like the beta <laughs> of, of hell and heaven that exist yeah. prior to the end days when all things are fulfilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, but then look,
1: the question is from there, I mean, it's a deep conversation. Like, I know. Like, Are there still people, if, if those are real places, like, are there still people in Abraham's bosom or or is that, well, are are they actually with Jesus now?
2: Yeah. And, and I don't know. And, and, and I don't think we can ignore, um, I don't think we can ignore first Peter, uh, where it says that Jesus went and preached to the souls that were in prison. And yeah. it's speaking specifically of the group of people who died during the flood. That was the
1: other, the other, when I said earlier, there's one more reference to, the, yeah. the, was this Luke's, what, what chapter in Luke is it? 16. It? 16, yeah. yeah. It, that seems to be potentially the other reference to it. Yeah. Like where would Jesus go to preach to those in prison right. in that way? And it makes sense that it's a similar conversation that Lazarus has with the rich man.
2: Sure. Well, it's, it's the thief on the cross. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I tell you the truth you will be with me in paradise. Mm. Um, and and some of you are going to go, yeah, but Ryan, he said he'd be with him in paradise today. We've talked about this on another podcast. Uh, Jesus didn't go to paradise that day. Jesus went and preached to the souls in prison. Uh, Jesus says to Mary after he was raised Unless the he
1: No, no, no. I mean, it could yeah. be. Oh, it could because be Because if he's in Abraham's bosom, he's in paradise. Could That's be. another term for paradise. And if the correlation sure, is the same, that
2: could be then that. he could talk to them that same day. Which so it could be that day. It could be that. That's interesting because paradise could mm. Could be not New Jerusalem. That was another term, but could be Abraham's that was actually
1: bosom. a term culturally used for that same reference. Abraham's bosom. That's why I'm saying
2: interesting. That. Good. So, so what we've done then is we've associated paradise with, with having, New Jerusalem yeah. rather than. Uh, I think it's.
1: I think he's referencing. Abraham's
2: bosom. I mean, it's... well, and that makes that a lot easier to navigate. Yeah, You're not sure. actually having to fight people on the today word because it doesn't really matter now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just it's just interesting, like. I, Here's, here's my thought, my thought on, I know we're talking about hell, but I think the conversation <laughs> requires heaven as well. I, yeah. I, I think. I, what the hell, Ryan? Why <laughs> I, sorry. I, I think we have so many misconceptions about how heaven and hell look or work that we, we just assume that if somebody dies, they're in heaven or hell. Yeah. Rather than death or Hades, whatever we want to call it, Sheol. Uh, Sheol, though, seems to be a term for everybody who's dead. Yeah, because sometimes it, uh, because
1: David says, if I go down to Sheol, which could also be him in a depressive state, actually saying like...
2: Could could be, except for Samuel Samuel uh, coming back up as a spirit and speaking to Saul. Samuel, we know, is a righteous man because he's mentioned mm-hmm. in a couple of the prophets as a right. righteous man. But Saul, the Bible says that the love of God departed from him, the spirit of God departed from him. And Samuel says to Saul, you'll be with me tomorrow talking about shield talking about death
1: mm-hmm. uh well okay yes but it could also be similar to the the lazarus and the rich man totally could you be know what i mean like where yeah. he's not actually saying i'm in shield he's saying you're going to be in shield yeah
2: but what i'm saying is it's possible that shield is a collective it is possible, term for I, death
1: i know but i'm just saying yeah. like it makes more it makes more sense contextually yeah. To, to say that it has a correlation like Gehenna or death. Yes, not saying that it is. I'm just right. saying like
2: maybe maybe Sheol has has sections. Maybe Sheol <laughs> has has Hades yeah, yeah, and yeah. Abraham's bosom in paradise. You know, yeah. like I don't know. But the, we don't know. We don't know, and that's that's the thing. So like what what I would like for us to do is what we do know is that hell was created as judgment for the mm-hmm. devil and his followers, Matthew 25. What mm-hmm. we do know is that no one is in that lake of fire until revelation 19. What we do know is that the next one who's cast into the lake of fire is Satan and his followers, the uh, speaking of the angels. And then what we know is that there's the great white throne of judgment. And so if we're talk if you're talking about hell, if you're talking about the lake of fire, no one's there yet. Yep. And, and, and so there are all these other pictures that I think, fit into the story somehow. Yeah. I I just don't know that I'm smart enough to figure it out. I do
1: like that. The, the one who is the antithesis of Jesus, the abomination that causes desolation, the the antichrist. I kind of like it that he's got to be there a thousand years more than anybody else. Yeah. 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 Well, he's
2: uh, you know, this is interesting because in the last podcast we said that he, he, apparently and maybe did die and then came back to life mm. and that the whole world was deceived into following him. Mm. It would be it would be of course necessary then I think for him to be the forerunner. Uh oh that's interesting. You know, because Christ entered into mm. heaven first, um Ooh. as a forerunner and for He us. is the
1: antithesis.
2: He's the yeah. it's the opposite the story. Antithesis. Yeah. Ooh, that's mm. so it, that's it would make sense that he would be the forerunner mm. of wow. all that's those good. who would deny Christ. That's really good stuff. I can't wow. do that to you very often, so I'm glad that you liked that. <laughs> so far in this podcast, you've been like, "No, Ryan, that's wrong. That's, no, dumb, Ryan, that's Ryan. dumb." Hey, Ryan, I think you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, have you ever even read the Bible? <laughs> what, what are you talking okay, about, so man? hey, Pierce, let's go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> and on a good note for me,
1: <laughs> for you, man, that is. is uh, I'll say this: I think what's fun about this conversation is it's it, for me is that it's it's so vague. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. So vague. Vague. yeah. But what you're allowed to do in the vagueness is actually have scriptural reasons why you yeah. lean a certain way. So it's like, you're not actually going after the goal of like, you don't want to end the conversation saying, I know what it's going to be like. I know mm. where. No, I know. we can't. But it allows you to have some freedom to be like, no, wait a minute. What about this text, yeah. this text, where you're not actually arguing about a theological stance. Right. You're just like bringing context and verses in, which is, is kind of a fun conversation. Well,
2: and it's, it's what we've said that we enjoy about our friendship so much is that, like we said just a moment ago, the things we're certain about. Yeah, and yeah. all of us would agree on those things. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. the rest of it, we're, we're able to bring up these things to each other and go, okay, look, I have this thought. You yeah. and, and so get yourself some friends that know the Bible mm-hmm. that you can be wrong with yeah, and that you yeah. can just like go, okay, look. It is fun. It is fun. It is and, fun. and so long as you're not, hellbent on <laughs> uh, on trying to arrive at a specific conclusion because I don't yeah, think that yeah. any of us take such ownership of our theories no no, that we're offended if somebody pushes back because our aim is to understand the scripture percent and so we can talk within that without feeling like we have to nail it all down today mm-hmm. and we can we can go okay here's some here's some places we do stand for sure well and that's what I think is different
1: about our conversation in this as an example, is what you and I just did is actually from the scripture, right? Yeah. yeah. Where where I don't like it is when people just have vague conversations about what they think about it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not. There's interested no in, value in that. I'm not interested Absolutely. in it. Let's just go play disc golf. Like, yeah. I'd rather
2: not talk about the, that. There actually. really isn't value in in your theories that aren't formed based off of the scripture. Correct. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are formed from the scripture, those are fun conversations to
1: have. Yep. And I think really shaping beneficially. Like you and I have talked about your conversation about. Um, you'll be with me in paradise today, or today yeah. you'll be with me in paradise, and you've we've talked about that for years. And how have we not ever talked about the, that context? That it yeah, seems to, like yeah, it's been all these years and we haven't talked about that. So yeah. that's what I mean is like those conversations are also shaping, yeah. and helping you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that either one of us is right or wrong, yeah. But it's going to push us to be more correct in what the scripture is actually
2: saying. Sure, and and we don't we don't know. I mean, like we don't know that First Peter three isn't paradise where christ went and preached to the souls like i mean we don't we don't know we don't know yeah uh what we've done what i have done is uh attached paradise to new heavens and new earth yeah and the text doesn't allow us to do that right Mm -hmm. so conversations like this allow us to strip some of our biases and go okay let's just be a little more objective about it and could he mean that could he Sure. sure
1: yeah but we, it seems a little more likely he doesn't because of the cultural context of how the usage of that word but it doesn't mean it's not sure
2: it, and it's okay to land in a place where we say it could be this, or it could be this, yeah. or it could be this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, and th- lean—I don't mind at all people saying a lean because of this, this, and this. Well, yeah. one of the things that I've always said is we—we've got to go where the Bible goes, but we've also got to be willing to stop where it stops. Yeah. And so, yeah. if we get to a place where we've walked the road as far as we can, and we're like, "Man, I don't know." Now, listen, somebody else, uh, don't don't bring me the Book of Jasher. Don't do that. For but sure. but if you if you from the text from the sixty six books want to come to me and say, "Hey." Here are some places I think you're missing. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear it for real wood. What about the Book Uh, of Mormon? No. Uh, (laughs) The the reason I say don't bring me the Book of Jasher, the Book of Jasher is a real book. It's referenced twice in the Bible. It's referenced by Joshua himself, which means it's a very, very old book. Very Mm -hmm. old book. And the newest newest Book of Jasher that we have available is only 800 years old. So, somebody wrote it. So, it's not likely that that's the same <laughs> book of Jasher that Joshua is referring to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so don't just come to me and say the Bible mentions the book of J- Jasher and therefore the book of Jasher is valid. Like, yeah, I believe there like is a valid two book. Teenage of boys being like, hey, dude, I don't know where this book <laughs> yeah. is. Let's write it. Yeah. Maybe in like 800 years. Yeah. So, it. like, but do bring to me other texts and let's talk about yeah. these things because um, while my view of hell does not shape anything about what I believe about Jesus, I. I do like the details and I do mm-hmm. want, we, we want to know and understand it more. And so, yeah. uh, we're okay. I'm okay being 47 years old, being 27 years into preaching and going, look, there are just some things that I don't completely get.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: and so. And you. I think what's,
1: what's encouraging is you've read the Bible through so many times and you're still at that place. Yeah. What I mean, why, why that's encouraging is I think what it shows is it's, <laughs> It's still the journey, like yes, as, as well as you know the scriptures, there's still this journey of learning them more and learning who God is more. It's not a I've read it enough, mm-hmm.
2: never. I've learned it enough. Yeah, never. It's,
1: it's eternal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that allowing the scripture to, to shape all of that, I. There's those books that came out. Um, I don't remember the amount of time, but it was six minutes in hell and like seven minutes in heaven or something like that. Yeah. And I, I've met people who, hey, you know what, that would be
1: two minutes in heaven is better than one minute. In heaven.
2: <laughs> it's
0: true. <laughs> I've met people who would allow those books to be the filter by which they understand the scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this. I know this guy had an, eye, an eyewitness experience or an eyewitness account of hell. I mean, he was on the Today Show, so it was definitely real. It's definitely <laughs> yeah. So like, I've heard people bring that up as their means of understanding hell um and i think it's because people do want really really solid ground i think people are uncomfortable to say um, that it could be this or it could be that they want some some solid ground, and I think that that also goes back to the fact that like the main reason why they are sharing the gospel is because of hell, not because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's they they're wanting to not only have weight in their own life of like I'm fearful of this thing, but also have a weight to tell other people. But what we do know, though, the weight the weight stands that there is condemnation apart from Christ, but in Christ there is no condemnation, and that's enough weight as there is. And then we can see scripturally and and discuss what does. Um, what does hell look like? What does like a fire look like? What does it look like currently? And then having certain grounds that you know we stand upon and then say, okay, but there's these texts. How does that play into that? It could be this, it could be that, but still being solid upon the truth of Christ and apart from him is no life, but with him is life. Sure. Um, and so allowing that to be the foundation by which you stand on as you learn more and as you dive into the scripture and as you have these discussions, the foundation always has to be the truth of Jesus um, and who he is and what he has... Um, Accomplished. So yeah, hundred um, percent. Simpler view of HD double decker hoppy sticks. <laughs> HD apple soggy stick. I can't even say it when I'm trying to say it. Hey, but hell, hell. Uh, simpler view of hell, hail. It is. Um, I. Well, how, what would you say, Mike? My, my first, my <laughs> first thing is to say it's real. Um, I think that that when you discuss like the three, diff, three or four yeah, different yeah. viewpoints, and, and like I think that there's a massive opposing thing saying like, oh, it's just a concept, or oh, it's this or that. But it's a real
1: place. Mm-hmm. It is. It is judgment set up for Satan and his angels that will also be suffered by people who do not put faith in Jesus as Savior. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And it's real. That's
0: yeah. not. You're just not. You're not speaking figuratively. And I'm guessing it's probably it's, really hot.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like
2: it based mm-hmm. on yeah, the language whole other thing. Yes. Like these uh, new like bodies, a fire that burns with sulfur. These
1: new bodies. Some of the things we can know about them is a little sidetrack. We eat. At the wedding supper, what was that before the new bodies? I don't know. Anyways, but there there seems to be some kind of like people can feel in Lake of Fire. Like it seems like
2: there's, you can feel the burning. So like you, there's- You have a body that's not going to be able to be destroyed. Right. But you still f- feel? Feel. You feel, feel in things. hell. Yeah.
0: So
1: <laughs> anyways, there is a point being, there is a judgment that is- that hell
2: is a hell is a judgment, which which is consistent it. with God through the whole Bible. That yeah. there's always a blessing and a curse. So. Yeah, hundred
0: yeah, yeah. percent. So there was a uh, I'm gonna tell you a little story about hail. We uh, we did, there was a teacher at Central who would um, he we could have two projects in a biology class. We'd have two projects. One being you collect bugs throughout the whole semester, or the other being you could work on the local lily pod a lily oh, yeah, lily yeah. pad pond. And uh, I turned to my buddies, and I was like, "I do not want to try to hunt down bugs for this whole semester. Let's go work for six weeks. like one day a week for six weeks that they're given hour of your of your day. Anyway, we're working. Me and my buddies are in waiters. We're removing these plants around, and then it starts to rain. And our teacher looks up and he goes, that's a storm. Like we need to get out of the water right now. And then as we're finishing up what we're doing, it begins to hail. Like it begins to hail down. And my another friend of mine who was at the shed across across the lily pad goes,
1: Oh, hail! Hail.
0: <laughs> she starts running around screaming. And teacher like, that doesn't help. And he was like, hail. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was that was poignant. It's a good story, yeah, right? Thank you. I miss, I miss that friend of mine. Speaking of friends of mine. Uh, he died. Hey. Yeah, exactly. He in the head that day. Uh, no, he's not dead, to be clear. <laughs> he's, he's not dead. He's still alive. Uh, speaking of friends, we got, we're Steven. Steven's here. We're at the Garden Audio. We're hanging out. Um, go follow Steven on social media. And while you're at it, shoot him a message about how much you enjoy the audio of this episode. Let him know, man, Ryan's voice was so Clean and crisp, as he said hell a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let but let Stephen know, show him some love over there on Instagram. While you're at social media, we are at Simpler Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, hit us up through there. Get in contact with us on there. We share we share funny pictures, we share clips. We we. We do the deal on social media. (laughs) We do the deal on social media, but also it's a great place for you guys to interact with us, to message us, to let us know your thoughts, let us know um, everything. So if you have leanings and you want to jump into the discussion, let us know, let us know your thoughts and uh, engage with us on social media, reach out to us. Um, Yeah. We love you guys. We're so thankful that you're listening and watching through whatever, um, platform you, you prefer. And so while you're there, go ahead and subscribe, go ahead and like, go ahead and, uh, and leave a review wherever you can. It helps boost the algorithm so that we can grow the simpler community, not for our own egos or anything, but just because we want people to, to engage. We want people Mm -hmm. to be a part of the conversation. We want people in essence, we want to see, we want to see Christ glorified in the midst of that. It's making these, these topics like hell, these topics like the devil, these topics that we've been talking about, um, simpler for believers and 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 letting it um shed light on these things through um through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of the truth of God, through the lens of the scriptures, uh, making it much more simpler than we tend to make it out to be. Um, and as always, keep Christ core. What could be simpler than that? Catch you guys next week.
2: Bye. I'm a flippy flop.